It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Cincinnati Bengals fans are getting impatient as the Bengals are going to be one of the last teams to sign an external free agent, and Hayden Hurst is out the door. Let's look at the safety and tight end markets. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. As the Bengals haven't made moves, we're making moves. We're still making podcasts. I'm Jake Lisko. He's James Rapine. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network here on Lockdown Bengals. Make sure you subscribe and follow on YouTube anywhere you get your podcasts so you can get our content as soon as it's uploaded every day, as we will have you covered whenever the Bengals make moves. And, well, that hasn't happened yet. But, while that's frustrating, and I understand the frustration from Bengals fans today, James. Three days, no external free agent signed. Do you know how many teams haven't signed an external free agent today? I think five. Baltimore, five. Cincinnati, Dallas, Jacksonville, and the Los Angeles Rams. And Dallas traded for Stephon Gilmore. Green which Bay is, signed a long snapper. Which is a heck of a deal, by the way. I, I think that that's a – I don't love most of the Cowboys' moves, but trading for Gilmore, eight million bucks, a fifth rounder? Yeah, mm-hmm. give me that. Yeah, it's a nice deal. There's a couple asterisks on this list, right? Green Bay signed a long snapper. Tampa signed Baker Mayfield. I don't know if that counts or not. Philly signed Rashad Penny for like a $1.4 million deal. That's it. The Chargers have only signed Eric Kendricks, who was uh, released, so not not a compensatory free agent, not not an unrestricted free agent. He was a street free agent technically because he got cut. Uh, But they did sign somebody who wasn't on their team last year, so it counts. Uh, but but those are the, the teams that haven't done anything. Meanwhile, the Bengals have seen Von Bell leave. They've seen Jesse Bates leave. They've now seen Hayden Hurst leave. They did resign Travion Williams. Uh, for everyone looking for the Bengals to sign a running back, his running backs just started signing like crazy really uh, late, I would say, like in the evening on Wednesday. Jamal Williams to, to New Orleans. Miles Sanders goes to Carolina. Uh, a number of other guys. The, the Patriots signed... James Robinson. James Robinson. So Damian Harris, Devin Singletary still out there if you want the Bengals to sign a running back. But, I mean, it's the same thing we've talked about for the last two days now. Tight end market hasn't moved at all. Safety market started to, but that snowball is not really going downhill very fast yet. So the, the, these spots where you expect the Bengals to make moves for starters haven't really gotten underway yet. Yeah, they... they... They haven't. There's just not a lot. And uh, unfortunately, about halfway through the day on Wednesday, all of these guys were still here. And uh, on both sides, Jamal Williams. So you mm-hmm. have that train. That in, and there was a quiet part, I think, or, or a, a decent amount of, of people that were at least open to the idea. I certainly was. Um, but more importantly, the, the Juan Thornhill move. And, and Jordan Poyer, by the way. I wonder if they were in. On Poyer, who knows? Maybe they were. He takes a two-year deal with the Bills, stays there. Apparently, his loyalty with Buffalo and and to Buffalo and finishing the job, all of those things, fine. But the Thornhill one's interesting to me, Jake, because 
you look at it age wise, it fits. It's, you know, he's on the right side of 30 and will would be throughout the life of that three year deal. 21 million bucks. That's not crazy. Three years, 21 million for, for Juan Thornhill, a guy who, again, I think would fit really well with Dax Hill. Were the Bengals in on him? Were they not? I don't know, but on paper, it seems like it would fit. And he gets just a, a hair less than Von Bell. And so where are the Bengals at with the, the safety spot? They're going to sign a veteran safety. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just read the Lou Anarumo quotes, and I put them up on all Bengals. He's like, yeah, we'd love – you know, we, we've scouted all these guys. We'd love to find a, a guy that fits best, and we're trying to find the guy that fits best. Okay, well, it fits best on the field and also fits best cap-wise and money-wise and what they mm-hmm. have slotted – for that spot. So I wonder, I, you know, all these people talking about Chauncey Gardner Johns, I, he's not taking no $5 million. I'll tell you that much. So if it's not him, it, you know, is it Taylor Rapp, your guy? He's officially your guy. My because guy. People, p- people, people came at me because I said Juan Thornhill. Thornhill's at Cleveland now. So your guy, Taylor Rapp, maybe it's him. Maybe it's John Johnson the third who was officially released mm-hmm. on, on Wednesday. But, uh, they got to get someone, right? And, yes. and that's the part of it where I think I'm still calm, even though I'm, I'm a little more uneasy now than I was, say, 24 hours ago. I don't know if they were ever in on Juan Thornhill. I don't know if they were in on Juan Thornhill at that price. I don't. We, we don't really know what kind of player they're looking for. We have an idea of the price range they're looking at and the age range they're looking at. They probably mm-hmm. are looking for a safety around capping out, what, six to six to seven, depending on the player. And, and that seven is for a guy like Chauncey Garner-Johnson, who's probably asking for more than that, right? So Yeah, if you could get him for seven, all right. Maybe they do that, right? But, yeah. but they're sticking to their guns here. They didn't want to pay Von Bell what he got paid. I think that's probably also true of Hayden Hurst, who we haven't really talked about, and that's the news of the day. But since we're on the topic of safeties, our guy Mike at Bengals underscore Sands on Twitter, frequent guest of the Locked on Bengals podcast, List a bunch of safeties that he's comfortable with the Bengals starting in week one that are still available. Johnson, Garner Johnson, obviously. John Johnson, we've talked about. Julian Love, Taylor Rapp, Adrian Amos, Rodney McLeod, and Duran Harmon. I'm not going to name Terrell Edmonds. I, well, he, he wrote Terrell Edmonds. I don't know if I agree with that from Pittsburgh. Uh, that, that one would have me a little uneasy. Um, but the point is, there's a bunch of guys still out there mm-hmm. at safety. Two, mm-hmm. two signed on Wednesday. But what did we talk about before free agency opened was they need a starting tight end. If they don't get Bell back, they'll need a safety. We thought they'd bring Bell back. They didn't, so they need a safety. Either way, they need Mm -hmm. a safety. Yep. And uh, we talked about a a swing tackle. Mm -hmm. So all those guys are still there. They are. And and so – Oh, free agency is a flat circle. Time is a flat circle. I'll I'll keep saying it. Right? It's – this is a rerun, Locked on Bengals listeners, and it's not really, mm-hmm. but you're right. There, there's plenty left, and, and there's ways to – for example, they're going to be worse at safety in 2023 than they were in 2022. Even if they nail this free agent signing and Dax Hill hits the ground running, it's hard for me to see a scenario. Maybe it happens, but it's unlikely, I would say, that Dax Hill and insert whatever veteran they sign – is a, a better combo one-two punch than Bates and Bell. That said, I think they could be better at the tight end spot. What if they do get Gasicki? What if they do get one of these guys? Or 
let's just say they don't. Let's say they get like Foster Moreau. Okay. Let's say they get Moreau and they draft a tight end in a a, a stud tight end class where, where you get one of these high-end athletes that can block and catch and run and do all the things that they're looking for. And now you're looking at it and they would be deeper at that spot than they were a year ago because really it was Hayden Hurst and, and no one. No one that you really trusted felt good about even before Drew Sample's injury. So I think that that's a position group that they could be better at next season. But they're, they're going to have to find the right guy in free agency. And I'm going to keep saying it. Maybe it's Mike Kosicki or Dalton Schultz. I'm going to throw Dalton Schultz out there too. You never know. Probably not. Never know. Uh, I think it's fair to include him. Uh, yeah, I mean, would at you this rather, point. You know what? Let, let's just uh, let's keep talking about tight ends here Yeah. coming up next because I have a question for you. Oh. And the answer the is pretty clear cut to me. But uh, we'll, we'll see what you think uh, coming up in just a minute here. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. The NBA season is almost over, and maybe you think Darius Garland and the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to make a run at the title. I'm not saying they're not, and you can wager on that and so much more with FanDuel. Plus, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, all you have to do is download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet right now with up to $1,000 in bonus bets by going to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hayden Hurst reportedly going to Carolina. Talked about this a little bit earlier. Three years, $7.25 million per year. Comes in just under $22 million total on the contract 13 million fully guaranteed at the time of signing. I would guess that's at least $2 million more. If the Bengals had an offer to Hayden Hurst and probably a year longer, Hmm. if the Bengals had an offer to Hayden Hurst, but, but here's my question. Would you rather have Hayden Hurst on that deal Mm -hmm. or one of those two guys you mentioned, Dalton Schultz or Mike Gusecki, for the deal that they're expected to get. Oh, let, let, let me look up. All right. So give me the, what, what are they expected to get? Like, okay. what is, what is the projection? I just so, want to be sure so, here. I don't want to misspeak. Schultz was originally projected for four years, 14 and a half million, which mm. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that number comes down a, a hair given the slowness of that market, but that could just be late in developing Gasecki three years, 11. Oh, okay. Yeah. I honestly I would go Gasicki and I would do the the three years eleven. And, and let's just say with the market, let's go three thirty. Right? That to me 
what you do there is is that becomes your your veteran slot receiver. And you're going to get younger at that position long term. It feels that way. There's a reason no one's talking about extension for Tyler Boyd. Maybe that happens, but there's a reason people aren't talking about it, right? So if you if you sign Gesicki, you're upgrading your tight end room. You're getting a guy that can win one-on-one, not named the big three receivers. And, and also, yeah, I, I mean, you're adding a, a playmaker. It would be him that of the three, of all three of those deals. So Hurst at $21.5 million or whatever it was, 7.25, you said. Uh, Schultz at let's just go under. Let's even say thirteen. You know, four years, thirteen million per. Or Gasicki, three years, ten or eleven. Gasicki, and that's the part. Like maybe the Bengals are looking and and trying to to land someone like that to a a semi long term deal. You know, two to three year deal. I would assume it would be either a one year deal for Gasicki or at least three. You'd want some insurance there. But I think he's that much better than Hayden Hurst. And I'm not being mean to Hayden Hurst, and I know he was a fan favorite, and I liked Hayden. But there's there's clear tiers of tight ends, and I think Gasicki's a tier and a half, two tiers above Hayden Hurst. Yeah, the, the idea here is that if you're going to pay over $7 million for Hayden Hurst, why, why not just go the extra mile with that, especially with that cap space they saved on Jermaine Pratt, two, three, three and a half more million dollars to get a better player. Why not? That, that seems within the realm of possibility. I don't know. It, it, it's just a, a thought exercise given Hayden Hurst's departure specifically happening on Wednesday, and, and that was not surprising, but they need a starting tight end, so it wasn't out of the question that Hurst would be back, but now do, it is. Do you think the Bengals would like Gesicki or Schultz more, just straight up as players? As players, I think I think Schultz. Do you? Okay. Yeah. I think that as short and long term, the the plan for Gasicki is a little bit harder. Short term, mm. they would need another guy who could line up in line, and you'd feel better about that. Schultz, you can put in line, and and you're not worried about it. So, like in terms of immediate impact and fit. I think Schultz is a guy. He's also played 2,000 snaps the last two years, so he's been out there. He's been playing a lot. Not that uh, Gusecki's had like major injury issues or anything like that. He just wasn't productive last year with the offense change in Miami. And he, he's like that big slot type, right? He's, he's not mm-hmm. the guy that you're very comfortable putting in line very often. Yeah, and I get that. I, to me, and they don't necessarily feel this way, right? They've, they've said it. They want tight ends that can do it all. But to me... I want the guy who's going to be explosive and be able to dunk on dudes. And and both guys can do that. Both guys can make big plays. Like, I'm not saying it's not Schultz. but Gusecki like, is the more explosive player. Yeah. No doubt. And to me, that's – if I'm paying, that's what I want. I can find a guy to line up in line. All right? There, there are a bunch of tight ends in this draft that can do that. At the same time, then you well, have to be creative with how you scheme for Gusecki. Are you lining him up at receiver? Are you not – and that's the hard part. So to, to your point, yes, it makes it a little more challenging. There, there are guys I, that you can put in line, but not at the level that he plays. Like he's he's a proven NFL tight end who can – I mean, yep. there's a reason he's projected for the money he's projected at. He, he's good. Yeah, he's very good. Go get one of them. Because just like that, if, if they did that, then it's like, oh, okay, they're worse at safety, but Joe Burrow, Burrow's weapons just got that much better. Not like a little better, 
I think a lot better. Like both of these guys are much better than than what they've had at tight end. And Joe Burrow's thrived with both of those. CJ Uzama and Hayden Hurst. These two guys are better than both of those guys. And look what he did with that. And one of the things we absolutely know at this point, I guess I can't say absolutely no, can very strongly infer is very likely the Bengals don't want to play, pay players into their 30s. Based on what we've seen them do the last few years, and I think this impacted you know, the Von Bell decision to some degree, that the three years he got from Carolina, I think this impacted the Hayden Hurst decision in calculus as well. Dalton Schultz, Mike Gusecki, younger guys. Foster Moreau, obviously younger guy. So for, for these tight ends that are still out there, those are the guys you're looking at. But that one is one where you're running out of guys. So you would like to see them make a move there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I Of them, I think Gasicki would be the, the – I just don't think Schultz – I don't think they're going that high. If, if it's know, I think that high, it's a lot. Yeah, I, I think at some point they make the decision, okay, we're not – because, again, they plan to keep Chase and, and Hickens, and so you're having that conversation now is how will this – three years instead of four, that's one part of it. But who knows at this point? I mean, these guys, market-wise, how many teams are lining up to pay big money to these two guys, right, knowing what we know about this tight end class? And that's a big part of this. This is that's a factor in, in all of this. If this was last year, Gesicki and Schultz would have already been paid. They were tagged for a reason, would have been paid, and they would have gotten huge deals by now. No doubt about it. No doubt in my mind. But the year that is a, it's a year different, and the draft classes are much different. And so this might be the time to land a bigger fish, so to speak, at the tight end position. I'm not necessarily expecting it. I wouldn't I'm rule not. it out entirely. I do think they're going to come out of the free agency period with a veteran tight end, though. I also think they're going to come out of the free agency period with a veteran safety. And, and like I mentioned, uh, the, the swing tackle market hasn't moved either, as far as I know. I don't think any swing tackles at all. Not I guess I Riley Reef, Kendall Lamb. I, I don't know if the Bengals were considering Riley Reef again. Uh, he goes not. to New England. Kendall Lamb re-signed with Miami. But the guys that we've talked about at the position, Jermaine Illuminor, Cam Fleming, George Fant, Billy Turner, they're, they're all still out there. So uh, it, it's, a, it's a waiting game. It's not a very comfortable place to be when you're watching the Chiefs make a couple moves, the Browns make a couple moves on, on some players that you like. Not that the Browns are like this bugaboo or anything, but they signed a couple guys that are on deals that I like. Uh, you're, you're seeing the Chiefs you know, restructuring uh, to, to create more cap space, Patrick Mahomes' deal to create another nine million or so, seven million, mm-hmm. eight million, nine million in cap space. Nine million, yeah. Um, I get it. I hear the frustration because they haven't done anything. At the same time, you know, the other side of that coin is how many deals? You know, same questions yesterday. How many of these deals that have happened are deals you wanted the Bengals to make? A handful. That number is growing. Yeah. And is. and are those guys? that are in that bucket no longer available. One place where the options are dwindling quite a bit is running back, James. And I don't know if I necessarily expected the Bengals to, to bring in a free agent running back or not. I, I don't know. Maybe we should talk about this running back 
movement that happened late on Wednesday to wrap up the show. And we'll do that coming up next. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Let's dive into the running backs a bit. And you're right. They went quickly. It started and then it just took off. Jamal Williams kind of kicked things off on Wednesday. Three years. 12 million, 8 million guaranteed, essentially the first two years guaranteed with the Saints. And then it kind of went from there. And you had guys like Miles Sanders getting a four year deal with Carolina, $25 million, according to reports. And um, not that the Bengals were ever in on a guy like Sanders, but there were reports, you know, that they could have been in on Williams. And if they had signed him to a three year, $12 million deal, essentially two full years for sure. Uh, would you have been happy with that? Sad, mad? What would your reaction have been? I would have been fine with it yeah. if it was coupled, I think, with a mix and release because then you save a little bit of money at the, at the running back position. That also has to be coupled with another move. It has to be coupled with another free agent acquisition. Like They have to then turn around and use that cap space, mm-hmm. the $3 million they save at the running back room, three and a half, say, they would save at the running back room. Plus the $2 million, like I mentioned yesterday, on Jermaine Pratt's deal, where the way they structured it pushed some of those cap hits out into the future a little bit. So, so I would have been okay with it. Jamal Williams is uh, not somebody that the Bengals would have offered three years to. We talked about age. that mm-hmm. That's paying him into his 30s at running back. I, I don't think the Bengals would have done that. Very similar money to Samaj P. Ryan. Very similar player in a lot of ways. I think he's the better version. I think he's the better version. He's he's Samaj P. Ryan who you asked to do a little bit more because he can Mm -hmm. do a little bit more. You know, Mm -hmm. he's playing more. He's he's got more run to him. Still some guys out there running back though. Devin Singletary, Damian Harris, a a couple of the names that, that really stand out to me there. But again, with this movement, the, the options are dwindling. And how about James Robinson getting $4 million a year after he was traded for a seventh round pick and, and then didn't play? I don't know why he didn't play. That's the, the part that doesn't make – he was pretty productive in, in Jacksonville, and then he went to New York, and it was kind of weird. And So who knows? Uh, you, you mentioned two guys, though, and let's just go age first. Damian Harris, 26, mm-hmm. and uh, Devin um, – Devin Singletary, man, so many names. Devin Singletary, 25. And, and so fits there. Both productive. It's not like either guy got a ton of carries. I mean, Damian Harris has 449 total in, in his NFL career. Uh, you look at, at Singletary a little more, 672. Of the two guys, I think both would be interesting if you could get them short-term type deals. Age isn't a factor. I just why lock in long-term to one of these guys. I like the idea of a Devin Singletary being, you know, part of a two-headed monster. They're going to draft a running back. I think they might draft a running back relatively early, you know, day two, you know, pick 28, be John Robinson. Point is, is if they do that, 
then uh, then one of these guys could be a good compliment, I think. So it, Devin Singletary is a little short, 5'7", he's listed at. So I, I wonder if they would be worried about that. But uh, Damian Harris is certainly an interesting option too, depending on what he's looking for. I know you're not worried about that. No, of course not. In fact, you know what? I'm 100% on Team Devin Singletary. There you go. Plant your flag. Yeah. But by the way, he's solid. Like, he's not a bad running back. No, he's he's pretty a good. pretty good runner. Yeah, he is. He's not done a whole lot in the receiving game. That would be, that would be the question. That would be the question for most of these guys at this point. I don't know. Did you yeah. think the Bengals were going to sign a running back? Did you did you buy the Jamal I, Williams? Yeah, I think they were interested, right. and and part of the reason why I buy it is because they let Pierre walk, and and so I don't think Joe Mixon's going to be on this team. I don't, and I, I know some are thinking that I don't, and so I think they look at this draft, and they look at these options, and they're like, and hey, we'll find we'll find someone. There's so many people, guys in the bucket. Now maybe he is. But it's just a lot. It's just getting to be a lot now. And I know it's not all his fault, but it's just all a lot. The money, the 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 everything. I just I think it's a lot for what you're getting. I mean, Devin Singletary ran for 800 yards last year too. And I know that's not fair. I get it. I know Mixon was more valuable and caught 60 plus passes. Don't hit me with production. I understand it. I also think one would be a $12.7 million cap hit and one wouldn't. And, and maybe Mixon just decides to take a pay cut. That's the other option. You look at this running back market and you wonder if that's becoming more possible. Like what's Mixon going to get if he's on the open market right now? Like the Miles Sanders deal? If he's lucky. Probably. Probably. Who would you, who, who, who's better, Miles Sanders or Joe Mixon? I don't know. You would like but to the think fact- that Joe Mixon has that left. It's not but, clear cut though, and, and so that's that's the point there. It's 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 tough. What about Dante Foreman? Sure. Can he pass? He's a good runner. Good runner. I I don't know. I'm not gonna act like I. I I'm not gonna act like I know if he can pass block, but but I know he can run, man. He's been asked to pass block 53 times in his career, so mm-hmm. that's like one season of Samaj P. Run, so. He can run, though, man. No questions there. He can run. Yeah. Run, they'll become a run-first team after they sign Mike Gesicki. So, so what are you expecting from here out then? So, Hey, what works. hey real quick, real quick. Would you, just because I know our listeners have mentioned it, Eckler, okay. you interested at all? Not at the price tags that I've seen bandied about for him. You got to trade they? for him, and then he wants an extension. And What does he like, want, though? Like, I've seen, and I don't know how valid this is, eight digits. Am I doing that math right? Yeah, eight digits, like 10 million plus. And there's just no way. Like that that seems outrageous to me. Eckler, and I'm not, I get it. Joe Mixon has a $12.7 million cap hit. Eckler is, tw- is such a great fit. He's twice the fit that Joe Mixon is. I'm not trying to be like you think Christian McCaffrey in San Francisco. Imagine Eckler in this offense. And I'm not saying make the trade and, and pay him that. I'm just saying that that, that is clearly that clearly shows that Mixon that, it, that the money just does not work. Continue. I just like Eckler's way better in this offense. He would catch 160 balls. 
What do you, the Bengals don't feature their running back. The, the Bengals use their running back as a check down option. There's a reason they don't feature their running back. Is there? Come on, man. Is it because they have Jamar Chase and T. Higgins? It's because it's because Joe Mixon isn't part of the triplets, right? This isn't the '90s. He's not Marshall Falk. Like he's not the the third piece of the greatest show on turf. And, I think um, there's an argument that it's because they have fantastic wide receivers. I don't know. No, I don't think it's just that. There's a reason Mixon hasn't been on the field, I guess is my point, when the game's been on the line the past two years. Because the Bengals schematically use their running backs as a checkdown option would be my contention, right? No, because he can't pass block. Well, well, yes, there's that too, but I don't know if Eckler can. He's on the field every passing down in the history of forever for the Chargers, so I imagine he can. I'll have to consult the tape on that one. PFF certainly doesn't like his pass blocking. I'm not saying PFF is a gospel by any means, but would have to. I, I don't know, and maybe not. You also don't have to pass block if you're throwing that to him. Um, but, but we talked about age. The Bengals will not be in on Austin Eckler. Just to be clear, with an extension, I would be shocked. In play, he'd be yeah. fun though. I get it. Just do Eckler Gasecki, and you just five, five wide. Just literally spread them. You don't have to block anyone. Just that's it. Just empty all day again. That that's the plan. Not even again. Empty, more empty than you've ever seen. Never been more empty. Empty always. I mean, he's only twenty-seven. He's got a lot of miles, though. I, th- I thought he was. I thought he was older than that. A lot of he's miles. He's been around. Uh, we'll see what happens here. The Bengals will make moves. When will they make the moves? For how much will they make the moves? For what quality of player will they make the moves? That remains to be seen. Will we get a Joe Burrow extension? Will we get a T. Higgins extension? What are they working on? Why is it so quiet? Travion Williams, Michael Thomas, the safety, and and Jermaine Pratt. Bengals fans and lockdown Bengals continue to await noise and a signing from Paul Brown Stadium. The, The perhaps good news here, James, is we're in free agent visit season with the new league year officially open. So maybe we'll get some free agent visits. To talk about at least, and we'll get an I, indication of what they're doing. I swear, if someone's at Kenwood Mall walking around like last year with Lyle Collins, I'm going to go this year. In fact, yeah. it, if the Bengals are negotiating with Austin Eckler's agent, sitting down, and Austin Eckler's walking around, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be like, hey, Austin, how's it feel to dominate under six foot in the NFL? And then I'm going to be on the Austin Eckler bandwagon. Until you hear from James Rapine and Austin Eckler live from Kemba Mall, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We'll be back with you as soon as the Bengals make a move or tomorrow night if it's another day of whispers and silence. Hello? From oh. Paul Brown Stadium. Orlando Brown is at Kenwood Mall. I'll be okay. back. Kenwood Mall, what time is it? 10 p.m.? Kenwood Mall's 10 open? 10 p.m. is it? <laughs> it is if Orlando Brown Jr.'s in town. <laughs> there you go. Until next time, Bengals fans, thanks for listening to the Locked On Bengals podcast. Hootay, and have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.